Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Miami Vineyard Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, breathes life into you, and helps you experience God's love. Enjoy the message. Hey, Miami Vineyard, so good to be with you. So good to be with those of you joining us online. Hey, can we make some noise and welcome in our online Vineyard family? My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors. And this weekend, we are wrapping up a series we've been in, a conversation we've been in about how to navigate these challenging times we find ourselves in when it comes to finances. And listen, the past two weeks have been incredible. I've had so many really good conversations with lots of you in the big hallway out there. And if you missed any of the past two weekends, you got to get last week's, you got to watch it, go online, watch it, YouTube, MiamiVineyard.com, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Past two weeks have been great. But so this weekend, I want to begin, have a little fun together. I want to begin, I want to see if you know who is the wealthiest person in the world. Any guesses on who might be the wealthiest person in the world? Okay, I heard, I heard a couple things. All right, it's not Pastor Kevin. I just want you to know. All right, I'm going to show you some pictures coming up on screen. We're going to count them down three, two, one. Okay, here, coming up on screen, here's the third wealthiest person. Who is this? That is Jeff Bezos. What's he known for? Amazon. He's worth $118 billion. If you need a loan, go see him. All right. Here's the second wealthiest person in the world right now. His name, who, anybody know who this is? Elon Musk, what's he known for? Tesla, good. He's worth $196 billion. And coming up on screen, here's the wealthiest guy in the world. Who's this? No one knew in all three weekend services. If you're online with us right now, if you know, put in the chat. Put in the chat. You know who this is? His name is Bernard Arnault. He is a Frenchman, and he is known for two. He's known for lots of things, but he's known for two companies. When I say the companies, you're going to know who they are. He is responsible for Louis Vuitton and for Sephora, beauty products. Richest man in the world right now, he's worth $212 billion. Now, but what if I told you there's somebody who is wealthier than all three of them combined? And what if I told you that person is here with us this weekend? You're going... Not a chance. All right. The person's not actually here, but the wisdom of the person is here with us. Because the wealthiest person who has ever lived is a guy by the name of Solomon. Solomon. In the Bible, Solomon. Solomon lived several thousand years ago, but Solomon was so wealthy, his wealth was in the trillions of dollars. He would put these three guys to shame right now. Solomon had it all. I mean, we, we, we might dream about having it all. He had it all. Solomon had everything he ever wanted. Solomon wrote two books, several books in the Bible. Two of the books are Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. In the book of Proverbs, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon speaks about wisdom of life. And he specifically talks about the wisdom of finances. Because he had it all. He did it all. He chased it all. There was nothing Solomon wanted he didn't have Listen to what Solomon's words. Here's kind of a summary, if you will. Solomon writes this in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 6, verse 9. Here's what Solomon says. After having it all, after doing it all, Solomon says this, it is better to be satisfied with what you have than to always be wanting something else. That's what Solomon says. 
And we know that to be true. It's better to be satisfied with what we have than always be wanting something else. So today I want to continue this conversation. That we, and we want to wrap up the conversation today. I want to, I'm going to talk to you about a concept, an idea, game changer. One word. The word is contentment. I want to talk about what this means in our lives today. But as we do this, I'd love you to locate some message notes. Message notes are all virtual. You can find them on a Miami Vineyard app. So listen, if you, if you haven't yet downloaded the app, you can simply go to your app store, search Miami Vineyard, or if you're in the room today, scan this QR code, download our Miami Vineyard app. It's a free download. Once you get the app downloaded, tap on this weekend, tap on message notes, this weekend message notes, or if you want to take notes the old-fashioned way, we've got paper copies of the notes for you at the tables in the back. You can go grab one of these. You can go grab right now if you want one. You can jot in some notes and, and take those with you as you go today. So, but I want to start this way. Solomon says, look, I have chased it all. I have gone after it all. And Solomon says, there are some side effects, some negative side effects that happen when we're, we're never satisfied. When we're never satisfied, he said, here's what happens to us. Let me give you quickly some side effects. Here's what Solomon says in, 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 he, in his writings. He said, first of all, more fatigue. He said, you're tired all the time because you're always trying to keep up with the Joneses or here in Miami, the Martinez's. Always trying to keep up. Look, look, look what Solomon says. The, do not wear, wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show, what's he say? Restraint. Because Solomon says, you're never, if you, if, if you're never going to have it all. You're going to go further into debt. It's going to be a major issue. He says, he says, you're tired all the time. More fatigue. Here's the second thing he says, more expenses. Have you ever found yourself dreaming about living in a certain neighborhood? And then you get the house that you've always wanted in the neighborhood you've always wanted? But something happens you didn't expect. Your insurance goes up. Your taxes go up. FPL bill goes up. Lawn maintenance, pool maintenance. Now you even have to have nicer Halloween candy. Even the stray cats want nicer food. See, it just costs more to have more. And I say if the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, you can bet their water bill is too. That, look, look what Solomon says. He says the more money you have, the more you spend. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. More fatigue, more expenses. Here's the third thing he says. You get more anxiety. What I mean by this is the more we have, the more we worry about it. But if you don't have it, you don't worry about it. You know, I never worry about my yacht getting barnacles. You know why? Because I ain't got a yacht. I never worry about my Ferrari getting scratches on it when I park it at the falls. You know why? Because I drive a GMC. <laughs> now listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nice things. Not at all. God blesses. God blesses. Just make sure those nice things don't have you. But sometimes, the more we have, the more we worry about it. Look, look what Solomon says. A working man can get a good night's sleep, but the rich man, he's got so much that he stays awake. What's it say? Worrying. Yeah. How do I save it? How to protect it? How do I store it? Here's the fourth thing Solomon says, the effects of always wanting more. More conflict. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you have had arguments, fights, conflicts in your family over finances? Now, don't look at anybody right now. I mean, come on. But Solomon we all know this. We all know this. It is challenging when it comes to finances. Look, look, what, look what Solomon says. Greed brings grief to the whole family. 
Wow. We should take a picture of that. Put that on your lock screen on your phone. We know today. We, we, listen, we've known this for decades. The leading cause of divorce in this country is not infidelity. For decades, it's always been the same thing. Anybody guess? Money. Finances. I think we should change our wedding vows from till death do us part to till debt do us part. As that great theologian Biggie Small says, more money? Oh, you know. More money, more problems. And you had no idea I knew who that was. More fatigue, more expenses, more anxiety, more conflict. Look, 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 look at the next thing. More dissatisfaction. See, we think that having more, we should be more satisfied. But in reality, the exact opposite happens. The more we have, the more less satisfied we are. Because there's always something more. Look what Solomon says. If you love money, you'll never be satisfied. If you long to be rich, you will never get all you want. We know this is true because there's always something else to get. You get the iPhone 14. Pro Plus. And you're satisfied for two months, but then you're no longer satisfied. Why? Because the 15's coming out. We're just, we're just never satisfied. We're just never satisfied. There's, there's always something more. It's true with everything. You think about that new outfit or that, that new dress that you get, and you, you put it on, and you stand in front of the mirror going, ooh, I look sexy. <laughs> Same dress. Fourth time you're putting it on going, I can't wear this whole thing because we're never satisfied. We're never satisfied. If we're always longing for more, we're never going to be satisfied. So, Pastor Kevin, what's the solution? I told you in the beginning, one word today. Solution is contentment. Now, let me tell you what contentment is, is not because a lot of people get confused about contentment. A lot of people think contentment isn't having any desires isn't having any passions, isn't having any goals. That's not contentment. We should have desires, should have passions, should have goals. We should. They come from God. There's, some, there's great desires. The desire to be a better follower of Christ, that's a great desire. A desire to get married one day, desire to start a family, get that degree. Those are great desires. When desire goes bad, when desire goes wrong, when desire goes awry, is when it's out of control. So Solomon says, contentment says, we're going to be satisfied with what we have instead of always wanting something more. It doesn't mean you can't go get some, you know, get a new house, get a new car. It doesn't mean that stuff. It means, but what I have, I'm going to be satisfied with instead of always longing for the next thing. So I want to give you, Pastor Mario and I are going to give you three keys today to contentment. These are game changers, every one of them. Three keys to contentment. If you're taking notes, it's a great day to take notes. Here we go. Here's the first key. Number one, resist the comparison trap. This is the first step. Because here's the truth about you. God made you to be you. He didn't make you to be anybody else. You are unique. You are an original creation made by God. So stop comparing yourself to anybody else. In fact, look what the Bible says. We do not dare classify or compare ourselves. It is not, what's it say? Yeah, the Bible's being very polite there. It's saying it's stupid. It's stupid to compare ourselves because we're not like anybody else. It's stupid to compare height, stupid to compare weight, stupid to compare abs. 
Don't compare houses, cars, jobs, 401ks, clothes, or vacations. All of it does is lead to dissatisfaction. The problem is we naturally do it. Comparing is America's favorite indoor sport. We walk into somebody's home, right? First thing we notice, ooh, check out that floor. Man, those cabinets. The size of that television. First thing we do, we start comparing. I heard about a couple that went to a, a friend's house that they haven't been to before. And so they visited them and they got back in their car and the husband and wife are driving back home and the, the wife says to the husband, she says, honey, did you see that furniture? It goes all the way back to Louis the 14th. Husband says, yeah, and ours goes back to rooms that go on the 15th if we don't make the payments. <laughs> Do you know what one of the greatest comparison traps is out there that we often don't think about? Social media. Now look, I'm not against social media. Social media can do wonderful, wonderful things. In fact, I'm on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, you should be. <laughs> Pastor Kevin MV, you can follow me right now. Pastor Kevin MV. Look, I, we post things. Social media can be wonderful, but if we're not careful, what social media can do to us, it becomes a comparison trap. Because we're looking at all these people and all these things they're posting and all these things they're doing, and you're going, my life sucks. We think about, you, you look at somebody going on vacation, and they're posting all their vacation pictures. And you're thinking, huh, we're not going anywhere. We're going to the Dade County Youth Fair. And you're looking at this family going, wait a minute. We make the same money they make. We do this. And, and, and it's, like, it's like, how come they get to do that? We don't get to do that. And it's just, it's just this, this huge comparison trap. But just look, you don't know they maxed out their credit cards to go on this thing. You don't know how in debt they are to go on this thing. But yet we do this all the time. It's a comparison trap. We compare. And be, you know, people post things on social media when they look their best, right? No one posts things when they look their worst. You don't know how many hours or how many days it took them to look like that. They've been prepping themselves for four days to get that one perfect pick. <laughs> but yeah, we do it all the time. We see all these things and we compare ourselves. Look, the Bible says don't do it. It's just a waste of time. And, and listen, I gotta, I'm going to be honest. I've got to fight it too. I've got to fight it. I follow lots of pastors. I follow lots of churches because I'm, I'm in that business. And I see all the pics they post from their weekends and blah, blah, blah. And I look at, and I look at, going, oh, we suck. <laughs> we got to guard ourselves against that. Because the reality is this. God has made the Miami Vineyard to be the Miami Vineyard. That's who God made us to be. We're part of an amazing, incredible church that God is building here in Southwest Miami-Dade County. And you are an amazing person that God has created to be you. And one day when you get to heaven, God is not going to ask you, why weren't you like so-and-so? He's going to say, what have you done with the gifts and talents I've given you? Because you are a masterpiece. Be you. Here's Pastor Mario with the second key. Would you welcome Pastor Mario to the stage? Hey. All right now. So I want to know, are you ready for key number two? 
I don't know about that. Are you ready for key number two? How about you? Are you ready for key number two? All right, then I'll give it to you. Key number two is enjoy what I have. And the Bible says it like this in Ecclesiastes 5.19. If God gives us wealth and property, let us enjoy them. We should be grateful and enjoy what we have worked for. For it is a gift from God. Can we give him praise? Yes. He is worthy. And I want you to notice two words from that chapter and from that particular verse. The two words are grateful and enjoy. You know, sometimes I speak with people, and it doesn't matter which country they've been from. I've been around 57 countries, both English and Spanish speaking. Sometimes, parlez-vous français? You didn't know that, huh? And what God wants is for us to enjoy life. And somehow people get it twisted. They think that God doesn't want us to enjoy life. The limiting belief is that God wants us to live with nothing, to have nothing. And that we're supposed to walk around miserable all the time. And I refer to that as a scarcity mindset. And that's not God. And that's not his will for you. And that's not his will for you or for you or for me. Can we say amen to that? I'll tell you what God's will is. He has a plan to prosper you. He has a plan to bless you, to give you hope and a future. And I invite you just to take a moment with me and think with me for a moment. You know, God created taste buds. And then he gave us Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah. And then he gave us tres leches and flan and, and pernil and arroz con gandules for my Spanish people. Where you at? Yeah, people from Puerto Rico. That's right. Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico. And I hope I didn't miss one, but I know I did. But he also gave us Scottish food. Also known as McDonald's. That's right. And it's to enjoy it. He didn't have to give us taste buds, but he did. And he gave them to us for one reason and one reason alone. is to enjoy food. My God did that. Yes. He also created eardrums. And then gave us this incredible worship team of musicians. Yes, give them a shout out. And we get to listen to them every weekend as God blesses us. He gave us skin and so we can feel and we can touch and we can experience pleasure. He gave us eyes so that we can see sunrise and sunsets. And the beautiful people in this room, just turn to your left and your right. Say, you look beautiful today. Tell them. Let them know. He gave you eyes. That's right. It's all for our enjoyment. And the Bible says in one place that everything on earth is for our enjoyment. But here's the challenge. Sometimes we're so busy getting more that we don't enjoy what we've got. Tweet that. If you've ever been on a mission trip, anyone ever been on a mission trip? Raise your hand. Yes. If you've been on a mission trip on the chat, put on there, been on a mission trip. 
One of the benefits of those trips is you get to experience something and you get to see how the rest of the world lives and how blessed we are here in America. And you get to compare the difference. And I can tell you from personal experience, it makes you a whole lot more grateful. My last extended mission was two weeks in a country in East Africa known as Ethiopia. And we were doing a food distribution. We were trying to rescue some infants uh, that were malnutritioned. We were rescuing women who had been illegally sexually trafficked with a team along with the government. And I came upon this hut with some of my uh, mission partners. And there was this young 16-year-old. And he was on a bare floor because there's no carpet. There's no linoleum, no carpeta. And he was cooking in the middle of the hut his food. And as I looked through the interpreter, I asked him, I said, what are you doing? Because I saw mud on one of the bowls. And he says, I'm mixing wheat with mud. And I go, mud? Is that what you call food? He goes, no, it's mud to give it consistency. And we immediately called for our truck to bring some rice and some, and some oil. And I wish that you could see the gratefulness, the smile upon this young man. But his mother was not there at the time because she was out working. And so I, I instructed him. I said, hey, look, we'll be back because we want to see your mom, make sure that everything's going to be well until we come back. And uh, he said, yes, fine. So we went off. And at the end of the day, we came back to this particular hut. And as we're approaching, my friend Pat Bradley from Crisis Aid International, who took me on this mission trip, we saw a whole bunch of young people from the different huts that we had served food and look at their faces of these children they were glad because God did provide for them in their time of need and so yes give God the glory I have seen my friends what replacing mud with food can do in the life because you know God always provides and nobody lives life like we do here in the United States. We should be grateful to God. Amen. Let's give him the glory. And it makes, and it makes you so grateful for the stuff that you have. I mean, it's, it's the simple things in life. I, I like the simple things in life. And so one of the things that I'm grateful for, agua caliente. Hot water. Can I get another amen? Yes. I heard it. Yes, because there must be something in the water. Okay, I'm not auditioning for worship, no. <laughs> Carrie Underwood said it, but I digress, I'm sorry. I, I just love hot water. And, and I've traveled to 57 countries, as I mentioned, and I lived in Puerto Rico. I grew up on the island, and during that particular period of time, uh, in the residence area that we lived in, there was no streets, there was no pavement, it was mud. And there was no agua caliente. There was no hot water. And so I know what that looks like. And uh, I really appreciate hot water. For me, it's a spiritual experience. I get under the hot water and it's just like, yes, I start singing. Yes. Must be something in the water. I don't know. How about AC? Air conditioning. Yes. Who can appreciate some AC? If you're on the chat, put air conditioning. Yeah. Somebody. Uh, 
I really learned to appreciate it as well because, again, in Puerto Rico, when I was growing up, no había aire acondicionado, no AC at all. And so even though it was some sad moments when a family member passed, we were grateful. We'd go down to the funeral homes and pick up on some of those fans, you know, and the popsicle sticks and the cardboard, and we were like this, yeah, all the time. How many of you remember some of that? I know there's some people in the audience. Yeah, you remember those fans. So there is much for you and I to be grateful for. And I think we should celebrate Thanksgiving every day. Come on, somebody. Yes? Because if we would live with an attitude of gratitude every day, it will change your life. And to remember where it all comes from. And to remember who it comes from. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And that's one of the reasons why God wants us to tithe. It demonstrates our attitude of gratitude regarding our money. And every time we take 10% of our paycheck and give it back to God, it's a reminder to us that God is the giver of everything I have and that I am grateful. In our moments of private intercession, in our prayer to God, we can declare, God, everything I have comes from you. Thank you, God, for I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for you. So, God, my prayer is that as an act of gratitude, as an act of faith, God, I'm giving back to you that 10%. Not the leftovers, but the first 10% is coming back to you, oh God. And for that, I am grateful. And that's how I show my gratefulness. Let me turn your attention to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. It says this, Then go to the place where the Lord, your God, has chosen to be worshipped. It says, And there in his presence eat the tithes of your grain and wine and olive oil, and the firstborn of your cattle, and sheep, do this so that you may learn to honor the Lord your God. Here's what he's saying. One of the reasons why you tithe is to remember where it all comes from and from whom it all comes from. My giving and tithing is an act of gratitude. God, you've been so generous to me that I want to be generous back to you. And look what God says in Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. He says, honor the Lord by making him an offering of all the best of all that your land produces. If you do this, his word says, your barns will be filled with grain and you will have too much wine to store it all. And I love it because when we honor God the Almighty, when God can trust us with what he gives us, he can't help himself but to continue to trust you. May God bless you and keep you. Thank you, Pastor Mario. Who knew he could sing? Three keys. Let me give you the third key. This one's huge. It's hard to do living on planet Earth. But here's the third key. Focus on what's going to last forever. Keep your eyes, heart, mind 
focused on the things that really matter. More than here, we focus on there, eternity, one day. Because here's the reality. No matter how much you accumulate, no matter how much you get or make, you're not taking any of it with you. None of it. So I've got to remember, I've got to remember, I've got to reorganize my life around the principles that last forever. You know what's going to last forever? Cockroaches. <laughs> but those suckers, they make it through anything. <laughs> Let me tell you it's going to last forever. Eternity and people are going to last forever. Two things are going to last forever. We are going to last forever, and eternity is going to last forever. If those things are going to last forever... Doesn't it make sense that our focus and our mind should be more on those things than on anything else? Because that's going to last forever. Eternity in people. If we would keep that kind of a mindset, I'm telling you, it would be a game changer. Because we wouldn't be so invested in all this that happens here. Now, here's important. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very important. Here is important. But what's more important than here is there. We've got to keep our eyes focused on what's happening. When we're here, we're really just on a short-term visa, just a tourist visa. So the Bible tells us what to do. Okay, with, with our stuff, with our money, what should we do with it? Look, look what the Bible says. Use your money to do good. Always being ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, you'll be storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. God says, we've got to send some stuff on ahead. How do we send it out ahead? By investing in the people who are going there. Next weekend, I love next weekend. Next weekend, we're having water baptisms. We're putting a big tub of water over here. People that have made decisions to follow Jesus, we're going to lower them in the water and bring them back out of the water. Baptism is a celebration of what already is happening on the inside. And if you've made a decision to follow Jesus privately, your next step is to go public with that decision of water baptism. It's not too late to sign up. You can sign up and get baptized on the app right here, right now, today, right on the app. Sign up to get baptized. Questions, see the table in the lobby. They can help answer your questions. But it's going to be a great weekend next weekend. And here's the deal. Here's what you've got to know. None of those baptisms, there's going to be a lot of baptisms next weekend. None of those baptisms would happen next weekend without you. You're going, why? Because when you give to God through this local church, you make this church a reality. This church wouldn't be here without you. So all of those people that are getting baptized next weekend, their names are written in the book of life in heaven because of your faithful giving to God through this local church. So Mommy Vineyard, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to close with one verse. Powerful verse. Look what it says in Psalm 17, 15. But as for me... My contentment is not in wealth or in a new home or a new car or anything. But God, my contentment is in seeing you and knowing all is well between us. And when I awake in heaven one day, I will be fully satisfied for I will see you face to face. If you don't get anything else I say today, you got to get this. Contentment is found in a relationship. Not a human relationship. Contentment is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The secret of contentment 
is finding my security, finding my satisfaction, not in what I have, but in whose I am. That when I discover a relationship with Jesus, it satisfies everything in me that I've ever longed for. He's the secret of contentment. Would you pray with me as we wrap this up today in a prayer? And I would just invite you maybe to close your eyes and just to block out distractions if, you, if, you, if you're able. You're online with us right now. If you're able to do this in whatever space you may find yourself in at your home, whatever. God, thank you. We thank you, God, for the many, 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 many blessings, God, you've given us. And God, we all know it's not easy. It is not easy living in this country and staying content because people are just constantly advertising, marketing, TikTok, whatever. They're just constantly in your face. You need this, and you need this, and you need that, and you need... It's constant. But God, we want to tell you today that we want to live differently. We want to live as people of you. And we want to be satisfied, as Pastor Mario taught us, we want to be satisfied with what we already have and grateful for the many, many, many blessings you've given us in this life. God, we want to, God, we want to get out of this comparison trap and trying to keep up with everybody. And God, we want to keep our eyes focused on what really matters, eternity and people. And Jesus, what truly satisfies is a relationship with you. It satisfies the deepest longing in our soul. And look, if there's never been a time or a space or a place in your life where you have said, Jesus, I want you to satisfy this deepest longing in my soul, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right here, right now. I'm going to pray it out loud. You pray it inside and say, Jesus, today, I can't explain everything that's happening. I don't know all what's happening, but there is something happening. Jesus, today, I, I know I need you. Jesus, today, Jesus, I ask you to satisfy the deepest longing in my soul. And I believe, Jesus, that you can satisfy. So Jesus, today, right here, right now, in this room or online, whatever space you may be in, Jesus, right here, right now, I invite you into my life. Jesus, would you satisfy? Jesus, today, I realize I need you. And I say yes to you. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place and in this space, in our hearts and our lives. And I pray all these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for joining in today. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review, subscribe to this channel, and share with a friend. We'd also love the chance to connect with you. You can text the word NEW to 786-705-8930. Again, that's new to 786-705-8930.
and we'll give you some next steps with how to plug in and get connected here at Miami Vineyard. We hope you have an amazing week, and thanks again for listening.